What is going on, movie lovers? Welcome back to another edition of No Content for Old Men. This is the podcast where every week I give you reviews of the latest movies and some streaming suggestions for your weekend. As always, I'm your host, Matt Craig. Thank you so much for listening. And despite all that, this week we're actually not talking about a movie. And that is for a very specific reason that we will talk about in just a second. We're actually going to be talking about Pam and Tommy, the new show on Hulu, uh, which is, to be honest with you, a movie in every single way except for its format because it's broken into sections. But uh, that show, yeah, it is really something. It is, uh, I mean, we got plenty to talk about. Then, as always, something new, something old, and something to stream. Uh, this week something new. Holy cow! I just want to apologize right up front uh, because it's a Happy Madison production, and my friend, a couple of friends actually, insisted that I watch it, and it is an early contender for worst movie of the year. So uh, I guess you're gonna want to stick around for that one, at least for the the hate listen, <laughs> and maybe even the hate watch of the movie. But first, let's talk Pam and Tommy. Something remarkable happened this week. Not a single movie was released wide across the country at the box office this past weekend. Not one. Blame Omicron. Blame the Nor'easter blowing through the East Coast. Blame Spider-Man making more in its seventh weekend with $11 million than the opening weekend for basically every movie being considered for this year's best picture. I blame TV or at least what we currently call TV, which every year takes one more bite out of the movie business until it eventually devours it entirely. This doesn't have to be a bad thing. The common refrain from viewers that, you know, quote, they don't make good movies anymore, or from creators that people won't come out to see good movies, is countered every time you turn on the television and find dozens of great shows that 10 years ago would have just been great movies. I wrote about this uh, phenomenon last year in the newsletter and I think even on the podcast and and gave my nine favorites, so you can check that out in the archives. But even recently, there's been Squid Game, Station Eleven, and from what I hear, though I haven't seen it, Yellow Jackets, all of which were initially conceived and written as feature films. And guess what? These adult drama shows telling the kinds of stories supposedly no one cares about, at the box office anyway, are super popular. That's certainly what Hulu has in mind for its latest home run swing in the miniseries space. Pam and Tommy is a movie in everything except the format. It's a contained story about the first celebrity sex tape featuring Pamela Anderson of Baywatch fame and Tommy Lee, the drummer for Motley Crue, splashy roles for which they bagged, if not A-listers, then very high B-listers, Lily James and Sebastian Stan. Seth Rogen, as the person who stole the tape, and Nick Offerman, who distributed it, extend the star power across the board. The budget seemed to have plenty of room after all that because they licensed basically every popular song of the 1990s and outfit every character and backdrop with enough 90s period dressing to make you think you're in in an MTV music video. That pulpiness is kind of the point. It's the best part of the show, to be honest, because every aspect of this story and the people in it are larger than life. Whether or not You've seen the tape in question. You're no doubt familiar with Pam Anderson, who has always been viewed more as a symbol or a concept than a human being. It's a problem the show cannot avoid and a hurdle it ultimately doesn't quite clear. Her lack of screen time in the first few episodes kind of emphasizes my point, 
But on a side note, it also delayed my final judgment on my creeping suspicion that Lily James is acting her way out of her long-standing position as my newsletter and this podcast's patron saint, which was awarded upon the release of Mamma Mia 2. This series will be the decisive moment, and she's certainly going for it. By the end, I'll know whether she's got the it factor or not. But any way you present them, both the events in the series and the series itself are exploitation, straight up. The show is keenly aware and intentional to point out that Pam and Tommy's intimate moment was stolen and, without their consent, sold and viewed by thousands, if not millions, of strangers. However, the only way to adequately tell this story is to revel at least a little bit in the lifestyle that the two lovers had, their drug-filled whirlwind marriage, and the obvious, often public, physical passion they shared. In doing so, they once again traffic in the inhumane tabloid sticker appeal of Pam Anderson in a red swimsuit. It leaves the viewer in a precarious place. On one hand, drawn to the show for the same content that fueled the aggressive and harmful tabloid coverage of them at the time, and on the other hand, making us all feel like leering paparazzi. In that complexity, the show is smart. Or at least as smart as a show can be that includes a scene of Lee having a full back-and-forth conversation with his own penis, voiced appropriately by Jason Manzukis. Ultimately, the show is saved by its anchor, Sebastian Stan. Compared to Pam, Tommy Lee is a much more uncomplicated figure whose reputation and legacy was buffeted by the media firestorm and therefore can be looked at in a much more straightforward way. Stan rises to meet this challenge, turning his performance all the way up to the extreme levels as the druggy, thrill-seeking, and well-endowed rock star. The fact that the character never tips into full-on parody is a testament to his ability. In early episodes, Lee, or Stan's primal energy as Lee, is so intense that the attraction can almost be understood, as can the repulsiveness. Few elements of the show, however, rise to his level of can't-look-away energy, which causes a show that should be rippling with electricity, like The People vs. O.J. Simpson, to unfold in a way that feels very, well, traditional. Like, dare I say, a TV show. Which causes me to wonder, and maybe this is just the cinephile in my heart, whether this series would have just been better compressed as a two-hour movie. There. I said it. I had to say it. Every week, I give you something new, something old, and something to stream. This week, something new is on Netflix, and it is Home Team. Now, I'm reviewing this movie as a favor to my friend Will and everyone else who jokingly, I hope, insisted that I had to watch this Happy Madison production of the Sean Payton story. The real-life Payton, if you don't know, uh, was suspended for a year from his job as an NFL head coach of the New Orleans Saints, if that matters. So he helped his coach his son's high school team, uh, which is the basis for this Bad News Bears-type story about a father trying to connect with his son. Except it was made by Adam Sandler Shingle, so it's required to be aggressively stupid and juvenile, starting with the casting of Kevin James, the sitcom actor, <laughs> in the lead role. Somehow, Happy Madison has managed to perfect the art of the hate watch, and the dozen or so examples of absolutely embarrassing movie making shown here would really only further my point that Sandler's group is purposely thumbing its nose at what most of us consider good. Because every single time, these movies get millions and millions of streams. 
However, to me, this is an early and strong candidate for the worst movie of 2022. This week's Something Old is from 1950. Uh, you can watch it if you have Criterion Channel, which I'm guessing is probably unlikely, so you can also see it on Premium Video On Demand, and you should. It's all about Eve. I was reading up on some uh, Oscars previews and was reminded this week that only three movies in history have racked up a record 14 Oscar nominations. Titanic, La La Land, and All About Eve which is even more impressive considering that those first two were legitimate blockbuster sensations and Eve, All About Eve, is uh, still the only movie in history to score acting nominations for four different female performers, a record that, in my opinion, will never be broken. There's really no other way to say this is one of the greatest movies ever made and one of the most essential movies any aspiring cinephile has to see. It's hard to get much more old Hollywood royalty than Betty Davis or Marilyn Monroe in a very small bit part and director Joseph Mankiewicz, who is the brother of the titular Mank movie. Uh, but the archetype of this movie still gets referenced in casual conversation and its template has been used for tons of movies in the years since. And aside from all that, it's just an awesome movie to watch for modern audiences. I really cannot give it any higher of a recommendation. This week, something to stream is, it's actually on Hulu and HBO Max. It's Nightmare Alley. Due to some contractual mishaps, uh, this awards contender is now streaming on both Warner's and Disney's streaming platforms, Hulu and HBO Max. And just like I did last week with The Last Duel, I feel like it's my duty to inform you that one of the best movies of last year is now streaming, and you should definitely watch it. I have a full review uh, from actually just a few episodes ago in the archives of the podcast and also on my newsletter at mattcraig.substack.com. Uh, the simply, I mean, how else can I say it? The simply astonishing production design and cinematography, complemented with a crazy stacked cast, bring life to this undeniably bleak neo-noir drama about a circus hand, played by Bradley Cooper, who flies a little too close to the sun. It's a dark intense movie that has grown in my estimation and stuck in my memory since the first time I watched it, and I'm becoming, honestly, increasingly angry that it seems to be getting ignored by most awards bodies to this point. Alright guys, that is going to do it for this week's show. Thank you for listening. As always, uh, you can check out the newsletter at mattcraig.substack.com. This week we had two trailer watches. Uh, the first one is for The Offer, which is the Paramount TV Plus show, which again is one of those shows that should, should really be a movie, uh, about the making of The Godfather. And holy cow, the trailer that they cut looks extremely good. I'm super, super pumped for it. And the other one is uh, for After Yang, which is probably one of the buzziest movies coming out of the Sundance Film Festival um, and stars Colin Farrell and honestly uh, is a pretty good watch as well. It says coming soon, so I'm actually not sure when it's going to be released, but uh, both of those trailers are up again at mattcraig.substack.com. 
Thank you for uh, sticking with these last few weeks, which have been really slow on the movie front. We're actually, we're really starting to pick it up. Uh, some of those will be carryovers for me. Uh, 2021's The Worst Person in the World is a movie I have been super excited for. Uh, that movie is finally coming out in theaters, at least in Los Angeles and New York. So I'm going to get a chance to check it out this week. And I have a feeling I'm going to be highly recommending it next Friday. Also, uh, the Jackass movie comes out this week. Uh, so I'm probably going to be checking that one out. And then I'm also thinking I'm going to get around to Red Rocket, hopefully, this week, uh, which is another 2020, 2021 movie that I was really disappointed to have missed. So I may not hit all those next week. If they all turn out to be really good, I'll space them out. Because uh, we are still in dumpuary uh, <laughs> on the calendar now, so uh, we may need to space out the good movies. However, uh, we I feel like we've been kind of just like patching it together since the new year started. We uh, we actually have some some real stuff that I'm excited about to talk to you guys about in future weeks. So you're gonna want to stick around. You're gonna want to listen next Friday. But until then, as I always say, I guess I'll see you at the movies. <laughs>